We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Ladies and gentlemen, Roto Grinders, welcome back to the week 16 DFS Roundup here on Grinders Live. My name is Alex Dunlap. I am the editor-in-chief at Roster Watch. I'm also the host of Roster Watch on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio tonight, 7 to 9 Eastern, tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern. Joining me as always here on the Roundup. It's our man, CJ Kaltenbach. You know him as the Siege. Siege, what's going on, brother? Not much, man. I'm enjoying the weather in Florida. This is great. I didn't even ask you, dude. I got here so late. I didn't even have time to ask you what the hell's going on behind you. Where where, where are you in Florida? Uh, Walt Disney World. Are you really? Yeah. For Christmas? Yep. With the family? You got it. Are there any like Are there any kids involved or is it an, or is it an adult Disney Christmas? It's pretty much an adult Christmas. I mean, it depends what you define it. I mean, we're pretty like kid-like, but no actual kids. So. Are you are you going on rides? Uh, haven't yet. I will before I leave for sure. Are you gonna go over to Epcot Center? Uh, no, Epcot on this trip. Probably gonna do like Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror, that kind of stuff. Now, I've uh, the Tower is that the the Tower of Terror? I've been there since I was a little kid. Is that the one where you kind of like you're in a you're in a um elevator shaft and yep. it just goes forward and you just comes out from under you and you're you're a grown man you're gonna do that thing there's no way i would why not it's fun because as i've gotten older and older i've become more and more scared about the end of my own existence my family been taking well <laughs> taking well care of disney has deep pockets <laughs> yeah right all right so uh in, anyway this is the this is the dfs roundup show um <laughs> as usual siege and i we're gonna go over uh Go over six different topics that we've um, chosen, that our producers have chosen from some of the other uh, shows here on Grinders Live during the week. CJ and I will give our takes on them. At the very end, hopefully we'll have some time to make some bets, or maybe in my case, damn, maybe we don't have time to make the bets, because as of now, I'm getting buried. Um, last week, I took a 2v2 with Mar- that involved Marquise Lee, 
on my side and it involves Stefan Diggs. On Siege's side, that's basically all that you have to know on that one. Siege is now up seven units on me coming in here to week 16. Um, hope we have one more show. Hopefully I can make some of it back up between this show and next week um, where Siege has promised he's going to put up a, a NBA subscription to his tournament tactics. Up as a part of, part of <laughs> you that. keep begging for that. I keep I because I keep talking about getting buried. You, know, you could just you want to see how buried you, you you want to see how buried I'm getting in, in NBA. Then you no, should just I, pay the paper. Well, I that could possibly be the case if if, if I don't turn out to win one in week 17. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna go through these clips, and if we have any time at the very end, whenever Siege and I will go over some of our own personal takes, and uh, you know maybe get into some more prop bets and. Other bold calls. Before we get started, Siege, any overall thoughts on the slate? I mean, is it one of these where you say it's easy, I got it figured out, or one of these where you don't know what the hell you're doing? Or where where are you on it? Somewhere in the middle. Like, I know the games I like. Um, kind of, it's kind of like the last few pieces to try to fit in. And I'm kind of struggling with, like, the last three or four pieces. Like, I got the first four or five I feel pretty confident in. That I'm those- have- Sorry. No, go ahead. I, yeah. I, well, like I'm playing, I'm playing the main event this week, so obviously it's like probably a one-team week for me. So like, which is a little bit of a different spin for me. So like, I feel pretty confident on five pieces, and then it's the last three or four where I'm kind of just. Eh. How do you handle it differently on a week where you just have one really big team as opposed to you know weeks where you're going to be spreading out your exposure to certain players across the thing? Like, is it more kind of? Do you use the same kind of philosophy? Is it more cash game liney? Is no, it a little more no, it's the same philosophy. It's a tournament looking team. It's just, you know, like decisions in which you can hedge when you're playing, you know, a hundred teams, you have to take a stand on. And, you know, it's a hundred or zero. Um, that's kind of the name of the game with one team. Um, so, you know, a couple spots where I'm kind of just meh. And I, I like, I was a couple players I like. I just, can't find like the lineup where I feel like super comfortable. Like the lineup I'm staring at right now has Antonio Gates and just. Uh. Well, that's it. That's why I was, that's the second thing I was going to ask you before we get into these topics and we're going to talk about Gates for sure. But um, like you said, you've got a few pieces already. Do any of those pieces or are any of those pieces that you kind of have, are any of them value or are they all just expensive and you're trying to find what value just doesn't suck? Actually, I don't have any expensive guys. It's all mid tier at the moment. Even your runners? Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to talk about all this stuff. All right, perfect. Um, let's 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 just get into some of the clips then, because well, I, I I definitely want to ask you what you love so much in the mid tier. I I guarantee that one of these players has a last name that starts with Mac and ends with Afri. Um, <laughs> let's let, let's start out with uh, let's let's start out with um, this first clip. This is one I loved when I first heard it. It comes from the Head Chopper on the Daily Fantasy OGs. Um, this podcast comes out early in the week and early on in the week, head chopper was all over a player who I love this week. He says that he wanted all of them. Let's go ahead and go to the clip. Ezekiel Elliott coming, my savior coming back to win me a championship in week 16, baby. You know, it's going to, he's going to come back this week and he's going to absolutely smother this defense. We just saw him get lit up by Todd Gurley. And I think, uh, I mean, obviously you can't predict four touchdowns, but I think Elliott could have another huge game against Seattle at home this week. Fresh. I mean, he's fresh, man. Six weeks rested now. Uh, yeah, they're going to run the ball. That's going to be their main focus. I don't want any part of Prescott or or Des Bryant or Jason Witten. I just want all Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott for the Cowboys. All right. So, yeah, pretty quick there from Head Chopper. He just says he wants all of the – 
Ezekiel Elliott. I don't know if it's just me being a fellow Texas guy like head chopper and having a little bit of bias <laughs> towards the big dog. But I mean, at the very beginning, he was the guy just seeing the huge holes that Todd Gurley, the Lamborghini was able to just cruise through last week versus this Seattle defense has been so depleted. You know, I just, I love fresh legs at, at towards the end of the season. Zeke Elliott's going to get fed. This team's so much better with him. I know you're going to have some dissenting comments, Siege, but you know, what's your overall thought on, on Zeke Elliott this week on this slate? I think he's going to be the most popular back. At least that's what Jamino has him at right now. I love this play Monday through Thursday. And then I saw both tackles are questionable. Now they're going to both play, I would imagine. But, but I'm not sure that Tyron Smith's going to play, but I think Lyle Collins will play. I think it's I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is a must-win game for Dallas for their playoff hopes. So, like, this is like playoff injury reporting. So, like, players are going to play when they would sit normally, right? Because these are must-win yeah. games. They're de facto playoff games. So, like, if they play, they're nowhere near 100%. Like, they wouldn't be – like, if you were, like, 80%, you're not showing up on an injury report for a playoff game. So, like, they're very limited. If both tackles are limited, it's just so hard for me to play a chalk running back when both tackles are so limited. They still have a very good interior of that offensive yeah, line. But even you, if those- yeah, but you saw the run game would be affected earlier in the season. Like, it's just uh, – you, you saw I, what? I love the player. I love the player. I love the situation. If you told me the offensive line was healthy, I would lock button him in. But – the moment you start getting offensive line injuries, like it has a real effect. It really does. And if they're playing hurt, that could be worse than them using the backups. So I don't know. It, Zeke is a guy that I'm going to take to the wire. And it's one of those things Sunday morning where I'm going to be looking for every piece of injury news I can find. Yeah. I think that, I just think that with Tyron Smith, it's going to be, I think it's a big deal. You know, we've seen it's a big deal, but you know, that, I think everybody gets flashbacks to that Atlanta game. I'm not sure it's fair to really compare that one because that was a game that didn't involve a healthy Zeke, you know? So I don't know. I'm still on board. I think the the number one way to, um, the number one way to kind of mask a a bad offensive tackle and to expose the pass rusher opposite of that offensive tackle is just to, is just to run at their ass. So I think with Zeke, you can do that. And I think that he's just going to be a huge part of the game plan. Fresh legs, like I said, I think it means a lot here late uh, towards the end of the season, whenever pad level and power and technique is so important. So I just – I love Zeke. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still on board. I certainly understand where you're coming from, though. We're going to talk about the guys who, who you like a lot better. Um, anything I would else say that- a lot better. Like, I love – like, if you told me Zeke was healthy – if you told me the offensive line was healthy, I'd be all in. But I just – I just feel like that, like there's like there should be this. I have this cardinal rule where like if you have both, <laughs> if both tackles are hurt, you probably don't want to play the running back. So I get it. I mean, I'll just say that with with Bell Collins, this has been a this has been a management plan for his back that's been ongoing for weeks. So I, I just I don't worry as much about him as I do about Tyron Smith. But I, I think they're both going to play. It's just like how it's it's not if if you play, it's how good how how effective are you going to be. Let me ask if you were playing your normal allotment of tournaments this week, how much Zeke would you have? I would probably be taking a hundred or zero approach no matter what I did. No matter what. Okay. Yeah. Nah, I might play. I might like, if I did, I might do 10% or like, I I would take a huge stand one way or another though on the player. Okay. Cause he's going to be like what? 40%. 
Do you think everybody's going to – I don't know. I think Jamino last time I checked, had him at 27.5. Yeah, uh, and, and there'll be some buzz on Sunday morning, so 30. Yeah, I mean, I understand the play. I'm not, like, saying it's a terrible play. I, I, It's a play that I, you know, early in the week was the first guy in, and now I just, you know, I'm like, you know, if I kind of get rid of him, I don't have to play Kendall Wright, who I know we'll talk about. I can get to another player that's just, like, not bad at football. So we'll see. I, I'm firmly on the fence on Zeke. Uh, going to kind of depend what value opens up Sunday morning. I'll just say, uh, already here in the first segment, where do you get a prop out of me? But this is a big one because Zeke Elliott, I have 70 props already up for our members at rosterwatch.com, early offshore props. He has the best touchdown odds on the whole slate at minus 250. His rushing prop is 105 yard, or 100.5 yards. He has a 2.5 reception prop for an additional 27.5 yards. So you bake all that in, you're looking at about 2.82x value. It's the second best value on the whole entire board if we're if, if we're going on DraftKings pricing and basing it on the Vegas prop alone. So I'm, I like that as confirmation myself. Um, I think what a lot of people are going to be doing this game, Siege, I think a lot of people are going to like Russell Wilson. I've heard more and more buzz picking up about Doug Baldwin. I think that um, it makes a lot of sense to play Zeke Elliott in, in those situations. Do you think we're going to see elevated ownership on Doug Baldwin compared to what he's sort of done recently just because people are going to want in this game and he's sort of the obvious way to go? I hope not. Because you like Baldwin. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell the minute I brought it up. Okay. I don't think he's going to be that popular, though. I, I don't think people are – it's not like Dallas first slots is one of those things that, like, immediately pops up in people's minds. It did to it me. Kind of <laughs> it did to me. It was the first – You're from was, Dallas. You know how bad they are versus slots. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, also, I'm also a professional fantasy football analyst. So, right. Um, yeah, but it's, it's certainly the first thing I thought of. I think it's an interest. I think that's a, it's a great way to stack the game. Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin, Zeke Elliott. Uh, anything else on this one, Siege, before we move on to the next one? No. I, I, that might be like the coldest take I've had all year, like sitting firmly in the middle of the road. Hopefully I do better. <laughs> yeah, man. What, what's going on, Siege? All right. Maybe you can uh, maybe you can find something on this one. Hey, and we're going to have hot takes about this one because we got swindled last week. Our Both of our biggest plays, our bold calls uh, last week, it was Dee Westbrook who – dude – if you look at what happened with Keelan Cole, you look what happened with Jaden Mickens, it, that was going to be D.D. Westbrook had Marquise Lee not gotten hurt. If I you tell he, me that Blake Bortles throws for that many yards and touchdowns before the start of the game, I'm literally wondering what type of car I'm buying. I'm, yeah, well, no, I'm taking, out, I'm taking out a second mortgage and I'm putting it all on D.D., you know? And so that was just such a random, random deal. Um, this, this clip from the DFS pick six, um, Evan Silva says – that he's hoping that nobody goes back to DD this week. Let's, uh, let's hear this sharp take from one Evan Silva. I think there are just a lot of good plays on the board. So trying to put together, you know, trying to build a core, trying to come up with a core. Um, I think that DD Westbrook will probably be in that core. Core. I hope that people fade him because of last week. Apparently he was, I mean, he was super high owned last week. Yeah. I think he was like 58% in cash or something on DK. Yeah, 21% tournaments. Yeah, so that's really high. Uh, and he did not play poorly last week. I mean, he, it only shows two targets in the box score. He actually got four. He On two of them, he uh, set up teammates for touchdowns uh, by drawing a, a pass interference flag like at the three-yard line and then uh, drawing a holding flag uh, in the end zone. Uh, I mean, it's not like he was playing poorly. The other guys just had bigger games that happen sometimes in the NFL, high-variant sport. 
And I think we go right back to him against the 49ers. I don't think anybody on the 49ers can cover D.D. Westbrook. <laughs> All right. So uh, there we have Evan Silva talking about D.D. Westbrook. Siege and I were huge, uh, huge proponents of him uh, last week. And look, had Marquise Lee not have gotten hurt, the Keelan Cole game, the Jaden Mickens just nonsense game, all that stuff was going to be D.D. Westbrook. Siege was saying, had we have known that Blake Bortles was going to throw for that many yards before, uh, we would have gotten much, much more heavily invested in the week. Siege already said he'd be already picking out what kind of car he wanted. The fact that he busted and the fact that in the Millionaire Maker, I believe he was the fourth highest owned player. Now he has a $1,000 price increase. He's in a beautiful matchup, Siege. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers cannot, cannot stop a – uh, a, a wide receiver that's a perimeter weapon to save their lives. Where are you this week on D.D. Westbrook after he burned you last week? He probably lost you a little bit of cash. Right back on it. Like, I think people are going to be like, oh, Fournette's back. Like, how many carries do you think Fournette gets? I, I think, like, the ceiling is 15. <laughs> Why? He averages how many average, How many does he average? Because they're he averages be, some of the highest because they're going to be up the whole game and they don't need to get him hurt before the playoffs. Like the only way the Jaguars don't get he, to the he averages twenty four touches a game. I, I understand that. Right. I understand that, but they should be managing his workload. Like it's time to act like a division champion and be responsible <laughs> and manage your stars' workload. I'm serious. I know, but it's just they're, they're, like, if, if if Fournette is healthy, they are the AFC favorite. Really? You're saying that? Yeah. They're the AFC favorite. More than the Patriots? You would yes. take the you would take the Jags over the Patriots on a neutral field. Yes. I'm not sure I would, but maybe that's just Why? my preconceived biases is, and no. That offense that offense is awesome when they have Fournette running the football, play action to those wide receivers and that defense. Why aren't they the favorite? I just I could never I could never pick the ja Blake Bortles and the Jaguars against Tom Brady. Bill Belichick I understand that. And Tom I understand Brady that. And, and, they, and the game's in New England, so like it, you know, assuming the Patriots went out, but like I just think it's time for the Jaguars to be responsible and start managing his workload. Like I, you know, like they're gonna know the result of the Titans game. I believe the Titans game is a one p.m. game, right? I think, yeah. yeah. So they'll know is the it? result of that yeah. game before they start, and so or close to it. So let's say the Rams win that game. The Jaguars just know they only have to win one of these last two and to win the AS to win the AFC South. So they might I just want to take care of it. Just get it done. I, I agree, but like when you're up 17 to nothing or 17 to three, or do you really need to be running for net up the middle when the guy has a huge you know, is coming off a quad injury, coming off an ankle injury? I, I say that it. just simply because I think that means they're just gonna throw the football more. Like they know how to run the football up the middle. Like that doesn't that, like getting Blake Boyle's reps. It's the most important thing that they can do between now and the playoffs. Get him reps. Get him confidence. I think they're going to throw the ball all over this 49ers defense. The 49ers run a ton of plays. I think the Jaguars are going to run a ton of plays here as well. Uh, I think Fournette's going to be fine. I just – the 49ers have been really good against the run. Actually, someone – I think it was actually in the running back. Well, ever, well ever, since Reuben ever since Reuben Foster came back, they've been a lot, they've been a lot better. I was yes, actually really surprised – when I when I made our matchup tool this week at Rock, or I just not made it, but when I just input some of the stuff into the matchup tool for um, for our for our uh, algorithm and our model this week, I was so surprised to find out that this week's matchup against opposing runners for the San Francisco 49ers is the 12th worst on the week. Yeah, that hasn't I, I, been the case, and that hasn't been the case really ever. I think it's the last couple of weeks they've been they've been trending up. I think it has a lot to do with Ruben Foster, and if you look at and 
as my uh, as my co-host on roster watch Byron says, like watch the watch the Alabama versus LSU games from college and 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 see what Ruben Foster versus Leonard Fournette looks like. It's, yeah, it's, um, uh, like that's a that, that's a force versus a force. So yeah, Fournette's I mean, only averaging three point two far uh, yards per carry since week six. Their offensive lines moved from third to eleventh, and the 49ers have moved from the bottom three in DVOA to sixteenth since week six. So you know, like. I, I don't think this is the – I think Fournette will be fine. But I think, like, this sneaky Fournette has a massive ceiling spot is kind of fool's gold. And I think D.D. Westbrook is the way to go here. Yeah, I, I'm not saying I think he has a ma- – I'm not saying that I think that his ceiling's massive. I'm just saying I think – saying that he has a tops of 15 touches, to me, that's just cockamamie. Like, no, he's I, mean, get- I, 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 I just say somewhere between, like – I said the, in the range of 15. I, I think 13 to 18 is what they should be doing this week if they're in control. Now, if the game's close and – they need to win the game, then that's something else. But I think, like, if they're in control playing from in front, I don't think they should be running him into the ground. So, Keelan Cole's only 4,700. No. <laughs> well, I mean, I got to ask. No, you don't. <laughs> well, I got to ask. If Keelan Cole gonna... burns me again, so be it. <laughs> well, he burns you bad, didn't he? He burned me bad. It should have been Didi, dude. It should have been Didi. Didi would have gotten more done. Didi would have gotten more done on those touches. I mean, Didi also had that like long touchdown pass where the defender just tackled him too. Oh like, yeah, the yeah the OPI like the OPIs, the DPI, the DPI, the, the DPIs. DPI. Yeah, it was I mean it was a wide open touchdown. I mean he gets that and it's a completely like the DB barely got his ankle. Like you know that's that changes the whole slate. You know he gets like twenty instead of four. No, yeah, I guess one of the last week. I think you like a lot of those wide receivers there in that six K ish range. So we'll talk about some of them. Um, it's just. In my initial builds, if I'm paying up for a couple of these runners, it's sort of – I mean, I love Baldwin. You can't so get there. That's, that's kind of one of the reasons why I've kind of – I'm kind of considering, you know, like it, it's a brutal fade. But, like, you know, there's kind of reasons to fade all of them. Yeah, brutal fades. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about all those guys here in a second. Let's see if we can move on to the next clip, though. Um, enough DD, there's been enough D.D. Westbrook talk on this show to last for three seasons, and we've only had him on the main slate for three weeks now. Um, this one comes from the Yahoo show. Um, this is, uh, I forgot who it exactly was. Who was it on the Yahoo show? Is a Roto Grinders guy? What is, is his name? Killer B? Yeah, Killer B. Killer B? Yeah, Killer so he's, B, yeah. so Killer B says that, um, he has a, he has a top wide receiver play. And I believe it was Killer B. I was listening on the podcast. I wasn't watching. So, um, my apologies. It was actually Dalton Del Don who was saying it, but, um, uh, this was this was, it was just interesting. He, it perked my ears up because he said this guy was his number one wide receiver play of the entire week. Yeah. So Mike Evans. Uh, so this week, uh, I just I got him as my top wide receiver of the week overall. I uh, just feel like this is a great spot. Uh, this is the part time of the year. Actually, it doesn't matter what week it is. I love when we start seeing um, not for the players that get hurt, but love it when. Uh, extra injuries open up uh, potential target usage and whatnot. And we're getting that in Tampa Bay. No OJ Howard. So uh, it's not like he gets a lot of targets anyway. He's more of a uh, pass blocking tight end, but you have Deshaun Jackson still supposedly with a boot potentially on crutches, not practicing. Uh, I don't expect him to play Uh, really like Mike Evans this week to be uh, fed a ton of targets. And, Kind of got uh, read an article uh, before I came on the show that you know kind of makes the narrative uh, 
the narrative a little bit better. Uh, you got Winston that says, uh, talking to the media, you guys can shred me up for the whole year for not giving him uh, the, that chance more often, talking about uh, Mike Evans. He goes, in this situation when Mike is one-on-one -on -one or no one is around him, I got, I've got to give him a chance. Uh, cool part about it too is uh, Dirk Cutter kind of said the same thing. He goes, I've had the same exact conversation with James. Uh, you know, it's a lot simpler when you just throw him the ball. So I expect uh, this narrative and these quotes to be kind of uh, put into the game plan more. Uh, at least Jameis, like, you know, if nobody's open, throw it up to him. So uh, Mike Evans, yeah, Mike Evans, you know, uh, injuries are favoring him here. And, you know, this is a spot where I, I just, you beat Carolina on the outside, you know, uh, James Bradbury, Daryl Worry, uh, Worley, they, they've been susceptible all year on the outside. So uh, they kind of stuffed the run, kind of already a funnel. Um, no, no, uh, Doug Martin, uh, running the ball. So, uh, the pass rush, pass run ratio has been really strong, uh, towards the pass for Tampa Bay, uh, without Doug Martin. And I expect that to continue, especially being down in this game. So. All right. Well, there you go. Siege. That was killer B from the, uh, Yahoo DFS show with Dean, um, Dean 7804 and. 7804, if you get all if you get all technical on me, <laughs> right? Uh, him and uh, so Dean and um, Dalton Del Don and Killer B from here on Roto Grinders. And Killer B says that he loves uh, he loves him some some Mike Evans this week. I think that you might be on be on the same team. Yes, he's absolutely correct. Mike Evans is number one wide receiver this week, and I don't really want to talk chat into it. <laughs> yeah, the answer to this is yes like james bradbury all foot football they, they lost oj howard they lost one of their targets like no deshaun jackson like i get it chris godwin could have a good game whatever it's gonna be the mike evans versus james bradbury show james bradbury short mike evans is not short like it, it this is just a classic mike evans goes bonkers spot everyone's gonna look at the first game and it was 17 to 3 and they're gonna be like oh this is game's gonna be defensive that game was played in a massive windstorm in Tampa, super chalk. No one's going to go back to it. Yes, yes, and yes. Why Why? is why this narrative developed that, that Bradbury's short? I heard Davis He's 5'10". He's not 5'10". I believe I saw the senior bowl weigh-in stuff. He's at least six foot since 6'8". He might be six. He's listed as 6'1". He's not. He's not. He's five, not. He's 5'10". I mean, I, I can pull up. I, I, oh, I can hold on. That's the wrong James Bradbury. Fake I can news. pull up the senior. I can pull up the senior bowl weigh-in information. He's, he's somewhere between six feet. He might be six one. Six one. So I just I don't think he's that short, but he does suck. And and he should. Mike Evans Mike is six five. He's got four inch gap. We all know the difference when Mike Evans has a four inch plus gap. I, I get it. It's just it's just a big difference between five nine and six, six one. I, he's, I just, he's still four inches shorter. Four inches shorter. Six inches yeah, shorter. He's and too I short. Said, and I said he sucks. I hate him. He doesn't him. suck. We've been he saying sucks. this for two oh. months now. Right. I'm just saying he, you know, he sucks, but he's not necessarily short. He's actually he's pretty short awesome. relative to Mike Evans, which is all I give a damn about. <laughs> yeah. Um, no Deshaun Jackson. No OJ Howard. Um, any any love for Cam Braden in this game? I mean, he's pretty cheap. If he wasn't so limited, like I don't know why, like you know, he's he's got when you have, when you have two injuries on the injury report, I get worried about you. I get it, um, but boy, man, Jameis sure does look to him in the look to him in the red zone. You just you wonder, like I just I don't know if I like him versus those those Carolina linebackers. Um, you know, I know Thomas Davis is out, but Luke Keekley's pretty 
pretty athletic dude himself. I'm not sure. I just, I think a lot of people are going to go to Cameron Brait at 3,300. I'm not sure just how interested I am. I know that he, um, I was, he was a guy who I expected would, would really pop in our model at roster watch for our pro members. And he didn't, he didn't pop in our model. So it's kind of thought that was kind of interesting. Um, what, what, what are you doing at, at tight end anyway? You're not gonna be able to pay up. Are you? I don't know what I'm I mean, right now I'm sitting with Antonio Gates at the men and I feel really gross about it. Well, that actually segues very well into our next clip. Let's go ahead and go to it here. This is, this comes from the swole cast and uh, our producer Dave's going to get it thrown up. Um, this is, uh, I believe it was soccer. Dave on the swole cast said that he thought that Antonio Gates was close to a lock. Antonio Gates. I mean, He's got fresh legs late in the season, you know. He hasn't been playing a lot of snaps. <laughs> you can't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's at, he's at close minimum, to yeah, he's close to a lock on DraftKings. At the minimum, I think he's tough to get away from. To to be perfectly honest, I mean, after I the, mean, we, after the game, he's going to go back to his nursing home for the week. Jets have, Jets have, have been bad against him. tight ends. He's, I mean, he's going to get uh, targets in scoring position. The Chargers should be able to have offensive success here and move the ball into scoring position. Um, I mean, how, how? I mean, you can't really. I mean, the only argument against him is that he's slow and can't move. It seems like a reason. That seems like a good. Yeah, like a good argument. Fair enough. Fair enough. Like if Soccer Dave gets eight targets for the Chargers, how many fantasy points are you going to get? Because they're basically equivalent athletes right now. <laughs> Soccer Dave might be a little faster, <laughs> which is saying something if you saw him Soccer try to – Soccer Dave's been shedding the pounds from eating cream cheese, man. He's ready to go. Oh, no. No, the cream cheese diet's going to be back January 1st. It's on. Sexy Soccer Dave's going to be back. Mm-hmm. Cream cheese, bacon, all the good stuff. All right. Um, well, see, as we were just talking about off air, uh, a-, a Gates, all the A Gates narratives always rear their heads around this time of year about whether the Chargers are going to be trying to get him the football – Last year with it was uh, the, the uh, force feeding him to get him to the uh, tight end touchdown uh, record. We always talk about how he can't run. You were mentioning, though, last year versus Cleveland towards the end of the season. They did put up a big game there. I don't know. I mean, obviously, the 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 pull here is that uh, Hunter Henry is now on season-ending IR with a, la- with a lacerated – was it a kidney or a liver? Something that just kidney. something that should not be lacerated. How about that? <laughs> just, I mean, it's, of course, he's on IR. Um, but yeah, so uh, you know, people think that the targets are going to pick up in a good matchup for Antonio Gates, who you know probably isn't seeing it, probably you know his last run here to the playoffs. Your thoughts on A Gates this week? The other obvious thing about him: Stone minimum twenty five hundred. He has a plus one thirty five touchdown prop. So Vegas sees some touchdown equity there. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's ugly. It's not fun. But this is a must-win game for the Chargers, which kind of goes two ways. One, they're not going to force-feed them touchdowns, right? They need to go throw guys that are open. They need to win this game to get their shit, to get a shot at the playoffs. But, on the other hand, it means they're not going to just, like, run them out there for half the snaps. Like, they need them. It's a good matchup. So, like, you know, if you're, uh, your starter's out, you're a player on an NFL football team, you're the next guy up, you've got to be ready to play. And I think he is ready to play. So... You know, it's kind of tough for me. Like, I would much rather just have the money to play Keenan Allen for my exposure in this game. I love his spot. I just don't know if I have it. And so I think I'm just going to kind of settle on Gates and make sure I go to church tomorrow morning and uh, hope for the best. 
Church at, Church at Disney up there. You got you got. I don't even know if there's a church here. <laughs> you have Mickey Mouse give you communion or something. <laughs> oh man, that would be pretty funny. Awesome. That would be pretty awesome though. <laughs> and he's try, trying to just spill any grape juice on those big white gloves. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just I look at this game. I have a lot. I, I have a lot of interest in. A, I mean, I have a lot of interest in a lot of Chargers in this game. I don't know if I can go with. I don't know if I can go with old man Antonio Gates. I mean, twenty five hundred though is hard to hard to get away. It's like it feels like a massive pay up from there to even get up to like Eric Ebron or somebody who you don't really necessarily love that much anyway. Um, I wanted to ask you about Eric Ebron while we were here though, because he he came in with a pretty good profit, three and a half receptions for forty two and a half yards. That's pretty good at, at uh, thirty seven hundred. He also popped off in our in our model as a guy who I always hate, and I always hate it when guys I hate pop off in our model. Um, do you have any thoughts on Eric Ebron? I mean, he seems like he's been having a bit of a resurgence lately. This honestly is like the first time I've thought about Eric Ebron all week. Okay. So you just, you just, meh. I mean, I don't know why, why is he suddenly all getting these, all these targets? Like why? Is it just like noise? Is there a reason for it? I don't understand why he's suddenly like becoming like all getting all these targets. Right, I mean, but it, it, but it, it, it has been good volume recently, and he is a first-round pick with a whole lot of speed. And if he can catch the football and, and see it in before he turns up field, we've seen that he has the ability to, you know, break game-changing plays. The Cincinnati defense has has largely mailed it in. It seems like on Marvin Lewis, who's already kind of quit on that team himself. So, I think Ebron at thirty-seven hundred is pretty interesting. I just was interested in your take on it. As far as the Vegas props, he's the he's by far, who Vegas sees as the, as the best value based on those, based on the, the draft. The Lions are turning into chalk this week. I started to notice this, and I noticed Big T tweeted about it this morning. Like, it, did I say Tigers? I'm at Lions. I, I, I just, I don't know why. Like, I get it. Like, Theo's a fine play. Ebron's a fine play. But, like, why are they super chalk? This is a dome team going outside. Are they chalk? I mean, I, Tony sound made it sound like they were, and I, I kind of have been hearing – I mean, hearing the narrative like, oh, Lions this and Lions that most of the week. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I guess I've, I've been a little bit interested in the Lions. And for me, it's just had to do with how bad Cincinnati's looked. You know, I mean, they just looked really, really bad. So, um, these are games – these are games that the, the, the Detroit Lions are really, you know, trying to – you know, these are games that the Detroit Lions are really trying to win. These are big, important games for them. So, um I don't know. Just figured it'll be probably be a uh, uh, you know the, a lot of a lot of plays, a lot of snaps. Pretty you know the, generally it's a pretty uh, I think pretty fast paced offense where there's no real run game involved. So the only pieces you're really interested in are like a satellite back like Theo or these pass receiving options on the other side of Matt Stafford. So it, it makes it a little bit concentrated to where the production is coming from. It's only basically three receivers, you know, two wide receivers, one tight end, and one running back in Theo. So knowing they're all in good spots is probably not, not as hard to pick where the production is going to come from. Like it is like in a Patriots or something. It's in a good spot. So maybe that's why I, if, if they're chalk, I'm, I'm not interested, but I was kind of interested in your thoughts on Eric Ebron as far as, um, you know, as far as the other game that we were talking about, the chargers going all the way out there to the jets. Do you have any worry about people just saying, I know people are going to say, I'm not playing the chargers because they are going East for an early game versus the jets. And the Jets have been playing a little bit better recently. Early games don't matter when they're must-win games. Like, that that doesn't matter week 16 when you need a win to make the playoffs. Like, that doesn't – that's not a factor. I tend to agree, especially with a veteran quarterback. You know, veteran quarterback, good, 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 good veteran core on that team. The play that I love the most from the whole game is Melvin Gordon. 
Um, I think with Austin Eckler out, it's just a tremendous boon for. Oh, hey, Did Eckler actually even get ruled out yet? By the way, he's he's well. What the stat? What the uh, special teams coach said is that if he does play, he'll probably his his work will be limited to on special teams because his hand is covered in the one of the little Q-tip things, so he won't be able to really catch out of the backfield. I just, but they still have Brandon Oliver. Like I wouldn't. Uh... I, I don't like Melvin Gordon gonna, that much. This is gonna be this, this is gonna be a Melvin Gordon volume monster. I think I no, smell where, I think a monster. I think I smell where our bet is coming from. I think I smell where our bet is originally. Oh, absolutely. Woo! All right. Let's see. Let's move on to the next uh, clip here, so we can so I can start collecting a little bit of cash from. C. You say that every week and every week, and <laughs> you come back next week and you're like, "Well, I'm down another two minutes." <laughs> That's true. It's true. Um, I take, uh, you know, I take some tough stands. Uh, Let's let's get to the next clip. This one comes from the experts square table with JM to win and Adam Levitan. Um, This was a take on, I I just, I knew we had to get a take from, there was probably this take on every show that I watched this week on Roto Grinders and everything I've heard this week on Sirius XM fantasy sports. Uh, There's been talk about this player I knew that we had to get him in because I've, we, we haven't talked about it on this show since week one where I told you that it was a complete donkey, fish, idiot move to play him. Let's oh! See how about him. Let's see about how, how we feel about him this week. Another kind of cheap guy that I think people are talking about is Kendall Wright. Um, I haven't played him once. Uh, 23 targets, though, over the last two weeks and his 3,800. People are going to latch on to that. They're very low dot targets. He's not really a red zone threat, but um, do you have any interest in Kendall Wright? Yeah, I do. Obviously, I'm looking to find a way to go elsewhere just because same concerns as you. It's, it seems like a low upside play. If he drops down to five or six targets this week, you could end up with with six points from him. Um, I think it's encouraging that he saw, uh, what was it, 11 targets and 10 catches in a blowout win against Cincinnati. Um, it's encouraging that Trubisky's thrown the ball at least 30 times in every game outside of that uh, weird one against San Francisco where the Bears just didn't have the ball. I think other than that, it's like seven straight games that he's thrown it 30 times. So, yeah, I mean, I think that Wright's definitely there with, with how thin value is this week. Um, obviously, there are concerns just that if the targets do drop, this is not a high upside play. Um, but, you know, as, as Silva mentioned in his matchups column, this – Greg Williams' defense leaves the middle of the field wide open quite a bit with their blitz-heavy scheme. So I think that it makes sense to go to Kendall Wright. It's not sexy. It won't feel good. But I, I expect another good game from them. All right. Well, here we are, week 16. We've come full circle from the idiotic Kendall Wright take in week one where he was going <laughs> to just walk right into 10 targets and because just because Doel Loggins was his coach four years ago. Um, in week one where we had a ton of value anyway, and we just like – I just couldn't – believe this the fact that Kendall White was 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 chalk um and here we are week 16 I actually like him a little bit better 24 targets over the course of the last two weeks it looks like um I think that we were just talking about uh Brian Body Calhoun it looks like he's questionable for this game but could be making a return there for the Cleveland Browns it is the slot corner so um the matchup might have gotten a little bit harder knowing that he was going to come back. With that being said, Cleveland's impossible to run on whenever Danny Shelton's healthy. And that defensive line has just been pretty, pretty good. The way you beat these guys is by throwing on them. We've seen the Mitchell Trubisky's uh, a volume of attempts continue to kind of move up a little bit. They're starting to 
It's called a fluke there, Alex. It's called 46 attempts as a fluke. Well, yeah, but, but the week before, I mean, I, I don't have his game all pulled up, but the week before that, he had 30. I do. Like 32, 15, 33. Yeah, right. 30. So that's three out of the last four, three. 30. Last okay, if he, throws 30 atta- if he throws 30 passes this week, that's 33% less than last week. So we get to cut Kendall Wright's targets in a third. And would you be all about Kendall Wright this week? If he was on eight targets, no, you'd be laughing at him again. Yeah, I'd probably be laughing. I think 38 targets for 3,800. You were laughing at him for 3K for 10 targets week one. No, I was laughing at the idea that people people were prospecting on the idiotic notion that he's going to walk into 10 targets when he's Kendall Wright. He's still Kendall Wright. He's still Kendall Wright. Yeah. Also, by the way, like this game's going to be close. And when John Fox plays a close game, you know what he happens? He knits up like a little scared puppy and he runs the football <laughs> and runs the clock and doesn't let Trubisky throw the football. You know how many much multiple touchdown games Trubisky has this season? Zero. So you know what Kendall Wright's upside for two touchdowns is in this game? Zero. <laughs> well, so I, I, I guess again, I'm, not like, hoping, I'm not hoping for two touchdowns. Uh, you're hoping for six catches for 70 yards and a touchdown? And you're praying that you get the one touchdown? Yeah, well, I think that the six catches for se- – I mainly play cash. You know that. So, I mean, the six catches for 70 would be fine for me. I would take 13 points out of my three Yeah, points. cash game is fine, but whatever. Cash games are – it's week 16, you know? <laughs> it's week 16. What does that mean? It means play you tournaments. Should, you shouldn't play cash? Well, I do play tournaments, but I just – I play mostly cash. I just um, – Kendall Wright is a terrible football player. He's a terrible football player. He's not even min price. The Browns are going to win this football game. I've been on record saying this all week. The Browns are going to win this football game. Like they have the most, ta- they have more talent than the Bears on the field. Who who do you like better as a value option at wide receiver than Kendall Wright? I don't like any of these clowns. Well, then we where are you are you so you're paying down for Gates. You're probably paying down for a. I'm just I'm I'm interested to know where you're paying down. Like paying well, down like, a tight end twenty five hundred for a tight end gives you a lot of flexibility. Yeah, and that, I guess that's how you've kind of talked yourself onto Gates so much. I, I think that – look, man, I think the Kendall Wright is – look, I, like I said, he's not – it's not like I'm any kind of Kendall Wright truther. I, I, I hated him in week one. I say 24 targets over the course of the last two games. The fact, man, those Cleveland, they keep their safeties back so far. I don't – we don't know if – we don't know if, if Adam Shaheen is even going to play. So, like, if they don't have a tight end, if it's just Deion Sims or something, he's – like it's 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 going to be right to get so all the looks. Over You're the assuming that John Fox is willing to throw the football. Well, I, even if he throws the football thirty times, I can't see Kendall. I mean, who's he going to go to? Dontrell Inman against uh, up against McCourty? Like I think that it would I, be. A lot I, of I don't even think. I think thirty is a very high a high projection. It could be twenty. It could be fifteen. Well, but we just read out the course of the last six weeks and four yeah, hours. Yeah, but weeks. the the games that were close, he was being he was being passive. I get it. I'm just I'm saying I don't hate Kendall Wright as much as, as usual. He's a guy who actually played a lot of last week on the Saturday slate, and he did actually ended up doing really well. For yeah, because Trubisky had to throw the football, but like in the in the close games, his pass attempts this season are 15, 30, 32, 7, 16. <laughs> what was the who was seven? The seven? 
Who is the seven again? Carolina. He had a, had a game with seven passing attempts. And you want to play a wide receiver that's not mid-price with this clown? I mean, good luck. <laughs> well, come on, dude. That's a horrible way to paint it. I, for one, I don't want to play him. It's John I'm Fox. Just, you're you're like, trusting John Fox to be smart. No, he's a donk. I'm just, I, feel like, I feel like at some point you got to find savings. I feel like he's a legitimate play. Yeah, it's called Antonio Gates. Just suck it up and play him. <laughs> okay, let's get, let's get on to the next. It's, it's either that or like you're playing other – like these scrubs are all awful. And by the way, like these scrub wide receivers – like costs like Antonio Gates is $1,300 less than Kendall Wright. No, I get it. I get it. How many, how many tar was the over under on targets for a Gates this week? Six and a half. Oh, six and a half. Well, if you guarantee me six and a half targets, I'm taking a Gates to the, uh, to the bank every week. I mean, I mean, that's about what they've been averaging to the tight end. Okay. And that's a good matchup. Watch these go to like one of these dudes like Calkin or Jeff. So what? Cumberland. He's twenty five hundred. He can't kill you. He's yeah. twenty five hundred. He legitimately can't kill you. Let's see if we can get to this last one. So CJ and I will have some time to, to maybe make maybe make some Melvin Gordon cheese off of the guy. Uh, this one comes from Sharp DFS Analysis with Chris Chimino and uh, Chris Raybon, and of course Warren Sharp. And Chris Raybon has a take where he wants to get off one of the most popular running backs of the week and instead go with the passing game. The Rams implied total is up there, you know, 26 and a half, 27 and a half, depending where you look. That's one of the highest on this week's slate of games. But yeah, everyone's really zeroing in only on Todd Gurley. And I think Goff is going a, a bit overlooked. I mean, he's had multiple touchdown passes in six of his last seven games. And he, he can give you that, that kind of high floor, um, not only just based on his play, but also that of Sean McVay in L.A. out here just scheming up things and ways to beat these various defenses. And if you look at the Tennessee Titans, I mean, first of all, and not that this is a problem for Ty Gurley, because I think Gurley, I've been on Gurley since the preseason. I, I, I was very high in him, and I think he'll have a great game, as he does pretty much every week. But the actual weakness for the Tennessee Titans is their pass defense, not their run defense. They are 24th in football outsiders uh, pass defense DVOA, but they rank 10th best in uh, rushing. So uh, in run defense, excuse me. So this is a situation where I'm sure Sean McVay is kind of looking at it and saying, okay, well, you know, what, what matchups am I going to exploit in the passing game? And I think there are plenty. I mean, first of all, you have, one of Tennessee's outside cornerbacks, LaShawn Sims, he just went on the injured reserve. So they're probably going to have to bump Logan Ryan, who's been playing a slot outside, and put Bryce McCain in the slot. That's a downgrade pretty much at, at both spots. Um, Logan Ryan also banged up with an ankle injury in practice. And you know, that, that's always good news when you have a cornerback with an ankle issue because uh, obviously ankle is very important when you're trying to cover uh, wide receivers. So you have a situation where Jared Goff is in this situation with a high implied total. He's in a situation where, um, you know, pretty much good matchups all the way around now that he has Robert Woods, his most targeted wide receiver, back in the mix. Um, you have a kind of a struggling, a weak Tennessee defense uh, against the pass. And then you have something, Chris, that you actually brought up before the show, which is that Tennessee, and this has been kind of more of a talking point locally in Tennessee. I'm not sure if it's made its way around the national media yet, but Tennessee has been kind of experimenting with more spread offense, some up-tempo, no-huddle kind of things. And they did that a lot in the second half last week against the 49ers. And they had some success. And it looks like from everything we've heard 
just as far as the coaches talking to the media and whatnot, that, that they want to do more of it. And the players are on board. Rashard Matthews just said, you know, when Marcus Mariota's calling the plays, it's, it's, it's a lot better. I'm not sure if he was trying to take a shot at his offensive coordinator or not, but regardless, um, you know, this is a situation where the Titans could play at a bit of a faster pace than we're used to seeing. Them. Well, see, uh, there you have it. Chris, Chris Raybon, as usual, breaking it down as I was uh, identifying um, your core wide receiver plays, <laughs> just because by now I've gotten to know the guys that you like. Um, one of the ones that I said, you know, you, you told me that you love a bunch of these mid-range guys. I said, let me guess. The first one I said, Robert Woods, uh, and, you know, you just, you just, you had to uh, nod, nod your head in, in approval there of my guess. I'm guessing that you love this, this uh, call from, um, this call from, from Raybon, considering the fact that you're not going to be probably looking to pay too, up too much running back. Um, which would naturally mean that you like any takes that say that um, Todd Gurley might not go quite as big as some people might expect. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, coming off of, you know, being on Gurley, as we talked about last week in that spot, right. um, this is just simply the Titans have no corners. Uh, Logan Ryan and LaShawn Sims are ruled out. So that, that leaves Dory Jackson on Sammy Watkins, and then that leaves guys like Bryce McCain, who's not good, no, 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 no. Don't, don't give him that much credit. He's awful. Awful. Okay, we can go with awful. Yeah. Uh, we've got Ty Smith, who's played five snaps this season. The last Roto World update says this. Coming out of small – and this is from 2015, mind you, last update. Coming out of small school town, since Smith stumbled out the combine running a 4640. <laughs> he's a corner. Yeah, dude, well, that, that's past – that's, like, that's like Leonard – that's that, that 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 that's like Leonard Johnson slow. That's that's horrible. That's really really bad. And then Kalen Reed, who I don't even think has a Roto World profile. Mr. Oh, no, Irrelevant. Mr. Irrelevant. Mr. Irrelevant from 2016. Yeah. And the last update was them waving him in 2016. <laughs> okay. So yeah. yeah, um, Titans have this thing called cornerback problems, and we know that Sean McVay loves to attack a weakness on your team. So, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Come on down. Well, well, the next contestant on Touchdown World. <laughs> to tell you the truth, dude, I'm actually I'm kind of I'm kind of actually warm. <laughs> kind of warming up to it myself. I'm trying I'm trying to think of what your game what but your touchdown game show what your touchdown world game show would would, would it would encompass. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean I, I am I'm 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 warming up to the idea because Gurley wasn't a guy who I was paying. You want a guy I was paying up for anyway. Um, I, we, we loved him last week. He was the guy who, on the on my head-to-heads, that did get pulled out from having the too much Devin Funches and too much um, too much D.D. Westbrook. Like, he was the reason that they did get pulled out. So, love Todd Gurley. We, I, I've said from the beginning of the season, these idiots, these donkeys starting the season that said Todd Gurley's not a good runner, just idiots, and you, you shouldn't listen to him. Um, it's uh, – it pains me to say, but I kind of like this take. I like it. I like Cup. I like. I think Watkins can beat Adore Jackson. I th- yeah, I mean, like I the funny thing is, like I'm just sitting there assuming that Adore Jackson can cover Sammy Watkins. That is by no means a gimme. No, no, no. Adore Jackson's a guy who's. I mean, he's electric with the ball in his hands. He's a great athlete, but that guy can get burned still. We've yeah, seen absolutely. Um, the one thing that you do worry about is that. You know they they have the the Tennessee Titans have have limited uh, the big plays the twenty plus yard receptions. Yeah, but uh, when they we, were healthy, 
Yeah, no, totally, totally. But just, you know, some, something to keep in mind. I think they were third, their third best in that department coming into this week. So, um, yeah, I like it. I, I like it. All right. So let's get into uh, some of, so, all right. So you like a lot of these mid, mid price wide receivers. Let me get a DraftKings. Uh, let me get a DraftKings contest pulled up here for Careful, you. I'm not giving you my whole squad here. For the sun. No, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give out your whole, I already know who your whole squad is. I'm not going to give it out. I, I can, I can read right through some of your hints. Let's see. Um, so in this mid range, do you like, uh, who do you like more? Do you like Robert Woods or Tyreek Hill at the same price? Woods. Okay. Do you like in PPR? Do you like um, Jarvis Landry or no, I don't want, I don't want Jarvis. Yeah. The answer is going to be whoever's I, not Jarvis. I, yeah, I think I like all that. <laughs> well, what if, all right. Uh, do you like Jarvis? Do you like Marquise Goodwin more than Jarvis? Okay, that that might be the like the one guy that Jarvis can beat. Do you like um, Do you like Sterling Shepard more than Jarvis? Yes. Okay, I'll take. Oh, I'll, oh, I'll take. Pat, uh, gets Pat Pat. You know what? I changed my mind. <laughs> I could maybe take Tyreek Hill versus Robert Woods. Is, is there any action? Yeah. Is, is there? Is we is got there, Melvin Gordon? Like, you, okay. you love Melvin Gordon. We I can definitely Melvin. find something on Melvin Gordon. Do you want to take Kenyon Drake? I'm not taking Kenyon Drake. Do you like Kenyon Drake this week? No. <laughs> He's too expensive, right? Way too expensive. Especially with your boy Damian Williams. I'll, I'll give you a list of guys that I'll take point per dollar over Melvin Gordon, and you can pick one. McCaffrey. Okay. okay. Uh, who I, who I kind of like. Let's see here. Uh, God, these mid-tier running backs are all awful. That's what I'm saying. I don't understand how you're going all mid-tier. Uh, I'll take Gillisley point per dollar. That would be Gilly, really tilting for you. Point for dollars, 3.9K versus set versus whatever. That would be really tilting for you when he runs in for two touchdowns, which is going to happen, by the way. Like, you it's like going to happen, that? but you can't roster him. He's going to get two touchdowns against the Bills. I already see this coming. You How, how, how about your boy, LaShawn McCoy, versus your Patriots? Would you like him uh, point for dollar better? Uh, can I get point for dollar with Mark Ingram? That's a pretty good, that's a good, yeah, yeah, I'll give you point, point per dollar with Mark Ingram. Let's do that. Mark Ingram versus Melvin Gordon. All righty. I'll do it. I'll, 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 I'll do it. And then no interest in the Tyree Kill versus Robert Woods, both at 6,500. Not really. I, lo- I love Robert Woods. I, I don't really think I need it. Like Tyree Kill, because there's like, hit, like the Miami special teams is so bad. I can get burned on special teams too. It's just, yeah. I don't really want to do it. Any 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 interest in the sweet smell of is that Capri Bibbs revenge in the air? P. Ryan says he's gonna play. You think he will? P. Ryan, another guy who swindled me last week. Um, yeah, that was I should, that, I should, that shock I got on I, late. That was silly. I, I, I should have just listened to you because I was just a bad idea. I um, got on it too. I listened to you. That was a stupid idea too. P P Ryan, <laughs> P. Ryan said if Piron plays clearly not quite as interesting, I'm just I'm looking down here at the value. I mean, I'm, you want to take Antonio Gates for someone? Because I know you're not an Antonio Gates guy. No, I mean, at, not on point per dollar. I mean, if you want to do it straight on somebody, I'll do it. But I guess that means what that means is me. That's kind of me admitting that it's probably a good play. Right. Right. Exactly. So, uh, 
Uh, do you have any do you have any Vegas games that you feel strong about that you think are going to go over or under? Um, yeah, I think I think Dallas I, th- I think Dallas and Seattle will go over. Ooh, hold on, we might be able to find something there. Okay, what do you what do you have on the latest line? I can pull up our. I, I, I got. Up. Let's see here. I got. Uh, that's Thanks, forty-seven dude. and a half. Yeah. Give me a half a point, who, uh, so that we don't have a tie. Total number of points scored. I get uh, Tampa, Carolina, and you get Seattle, Dallas. And I and I get I give you how much? One four half four? a point. So half a point, just so it doesn't end in a tie. Okay, yeah, Tampa. Oh, that's gonna Tampa's gonna. I mean, Carolina. I'm giving you half a point of value if it makes you feel better. The line's uh, 47 and a half for Seattle, and the line for Tampa, Carolina is 46 and a half. All right, I'll take that bet. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the the the, the, the players I like the most this week are going to be Zeke and, and Doug Baldwin. Those are two of my core plays. I know that you're going to have a couple core plays there in that game. A certain mid-priced. Uh, wide receiver who uh, our guy killer B talked about earlier, I'm sure is going to sneak his way into some of your lineups. So you, you got any, you got any bold calls for the week before we get out of here? Our two bets of course are Mark Ingram dollar for dollar at 8,100 versus um, Melvin Gordon dollar for dollar at 7,200. And then uh, I'm giving you, I'm, I'm laying one half point to you with the, with the game total of the Dallas game versus the Carolina game. Yep. Got Cam it. Newton goes for 30 plus DK points. Is that that bold? He's 6,800. I would think that's kind of bold. Yeah, I just that's I, like five. I, that's basically five X. What, what else would you like me to ask? Yeah, I just, I mean, Cam Newton, I, I think that, I think that that's been, I mean, he's going for, yeah, that's bold enough. He's only gone for over 30 points, what, three times this season? So, yeah, that's a bold enough call. All right. Uh, my call will be 30 points for, Melvin Gordon going nope. to the New York Jets. Uh, I know CJ. No chance. I <laughs> love it. All right. So uh, he's the siege. You can find all of his work here on Roto Grinders, uh, on Grinders Live. You can find all of his um, all of his special premium content uh, on Roto Grinders and also with the tournament tactics package that you can find in the Roto Grinders marketplace for football, for basketball, for baseball. Make sure and go check it out. I'm soon to have a free one once I win our bet on this. Uh, next week. Uh, you can find all of my work at rosterwatch.com with a pro membership. You can hear me on SiriusX and Fantasy Sports Radio on Saturday nights, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern, Sunday mornings, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern. You can follow Siege on Twitter at the CCFS. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Dunlap NFL. So until next time, guys, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in. We got another week next week. So for the Siege, I am Alex. And until next week, We're getting the hell out of here.